A. Nelson Alcoholic Addict. That's not my real name. As a pen name that I made up here for my anonymous newsletter. I have written about this topic before, probably multiple times, but I think about it like once a week, sometimes more. Um, it is a section from the book Living Sober in a chapter called Watching Out for Anger and Resentments. I put a link in the written version of this, but I'll just read you the section. It's about 30 words, I think. Um, so the section goes like this. Here is a look at some of the shapes and colors anger seems at times to arrive in. Intolerance, contempt, envy, hatred, snobbishness, rigidity, cynicism, discontent, tension, sarcasm, self-pity, malice, distrust, anxiety, suspicion, jealousy. Man. Okay, so that's the section... Um, and again, it's it's it says that this is a look at some of the shapes and colors anger seems at times to arrive in. And then it's a list of 16 words. And I love that list because anger is so tricky and complex in my experience. I When I want to investigate it, I have to look under a lot of rocks to figure out where it comes from. I used to think that anger meant you're red-faced with your fists balled up, yelling at a car that almost ran you off the road. But it's more complicated than that. It sneaks into my life so many different ways. Fear is the biggest reason I get mad. Selfishness is also a big part of that. These things are all kind of closely related. But those 16 descriptions um, are so intriguing to me because the older I get, the more I find anger is disguised as one of those 16. Now, some of those words are super obvious, and I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about them. Like, I think intolerance, contempt, hatred, and malice, they're all easy ones to unpack. I don't know how complex it is to connect the dots between I hate Fred and, oh, I might have a resentment against Fred that I need to look at. Like, okay, easy, easy one, right? Um, there's, there's really only one on that list. There's a couple that I don't quite understand. Um, but there's only one that I kind of disagree with. I don't, I don't know if I agree with like the word anxiety is it's, it's on there. It's on the list. Um, but it has taken on some new meaning, I think, since living sober was written. So I, I'll kind of like give our founding fathers and mothers a pass. Um, I certainly understand why it's on there. When I'm anxious about something, when me, I, when I am anxious about something, it usually means there's some kind of fear or insecurity or frustration going on that I should take a look at. Um, so I think for a lot of us, that's probably like anxiety is a word that applies to where our anger comes from. The reason I push back a little bit on that one is that I have people in my life who have a medical diagnosis as having anxiety and anxiety related issues. And it's not something that I think a fourth step would help them on. It's an actual condition that needs medication or some other kind of treatment. It's just like a little bit more complex than just um, the way people probably thought about anxiety 75 years ago. So I put that one kind of off to the side. Um, but there's a couple that I wanted to specifically drill down on a little bit, because uh, I just think they're really interesting. And sneaky and definitely a part of my life and I need to work on. 
for for the first one, self pity. It is such a wild concept to this day that feeling sorry for myself might be rooted in anger and resentment. I, but I, I found that to be true when I'm doing the whole like, oh, poor me, this happened and then this happened and then this happened. I'm usually angry or I'm scared or both. Um, it really is pretty toxic and it, it has a lot of resentment wound up, you know, inside of it. The next one on that list, tension. I'm not quite sure I totally understand the meaning of tension in this context. I would have loved a, a, a longer ex- explanation of it. But, but I have found places in my life where my anger leads to tension. For, for just one example is like the whole like silent treatment thing that people do, including me. Um, it's usually anger being channeled into purposely creating a frostiness between me and someone else, um, at least in my case, it's usually not a healthy boundary or anything that might be defensible. I think there's definitely people, definitely situations in my life too, where it's just like, yeah, well, you know what? That doesn't work for me. I'm just like not going to engage in this way. You know, um, you know, like I've had friends in the past, there's a little bit of tension cause I don't go to bars anymore. It's like, Oh, you're not, you know, and on both sides. And that's not something I really feel guilty about. Um, and it usually creates some distance and some tension. And um, usually, I think I usually sorted it. I've sorted it out mostly in a way where there's just a little more distance. And it's not like angry or anything like that. But I, that's happened to me. So, you know, and there's other examples, though, where it is not healthy. And it's where I want to freeze you out for a bit. And I want to teach you a lesson. And you know, not talk to you for a while, you know, and it's often petty and angry. And I just, I don't want to be living like that anymore. Uh, snobbishness. That's, I think most people would nod their heads and agree that snobbishness is rooted in anger. They, you know, I get it, but I also think people probably don't always spot the times in their life when they're looking down on someone else or making snide comments, rolling their eyes, etc. I have two teenagers that live at my house. So I spot snobbishness on an hourly basis and it's painful to see but it's also it makes me better able to spot when I do it myself and I do do it myself I do make snarky remarks and oh look at those pants on that guy you know that kind of stuff not cool it's angry it's looking down on people it's not 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 something I want to participate in but I do uh the last one rigidity I man this really this one really is a problem for me I can't tell if it's just because like I'm an old man and (laughs) at this point, just like, um, you know, this is how it should be, you know, or, um, I've been sober for quite some time now and I, I have a very good life. I have professional success that I'm proud of. I have enough money to pay my bills. Uh, lights are on at my house. So I think I know what I'm doing. I think I'm super smart. Look at me. And so I think when, (laughs) when I plan something, it's, I think it's probably a great plan, you know, so everyone should just shut up and do it my way or the highway. And that's rigidity. Uh, and I can't, I can't even tell you how dumb it is. I just can't even tell you. It creates so much unnecessary pain and anger and annoyance, usually annoyance, at other people. And it's usually people I love. Um, and it, an easy example, um, one that I've written about many times on this newsletter before, is traveling with my family. My wife will ask me, what time do you think we should leave tomorrow? 
It's a four-hour drive to see our family. And I'll say 9.30 a.m. And I'll know full well there is no freaking way we're walking out of this house at 9.30 a.m. But I say 9.30 because I want to be sure that we leave by 10. That's the real time that I put in my head. And when I put it in my head, I form – it's in cement. <laughs> you know, it is – you have to leave by 10 or else. And then it's 10.05 and I'm shaking my head and I'm slamming bags down into the car and I'm sighing and throwing my hands. Oh, come on. I'm just being a rigid asshole. And it almost never matters. Like, I don't know. I don't even understand, like, what I'm, what my problem is. We never go to Pennsylvania to see family and, the, you know, they have a firing squad ready to go if we don't get there by a specific time you know it's it's usually like free floating and flexible like hey we'll see you tomorrow afternoon it's like it could be 1 30 or 4 30 no one cares it's just me being rigid you know i come up with this expectation and then when it doesn't get met it's like a bunch of dumb frustration and anger and it really is idiotic and unnecessary um <laughs> As you can probably guess, I just got back from a family trip where I spent the entire first part of the drive consumed by annoyance because we left a little later than I had decreed. Um, I did spend some time on the way praying for the people who made us made us late, uh, who happened to be in the car with, with me. And then I also spent some time embarrassed that I needed to pray for people for like for what? For getting their cell phone charger as I sat in a car in our driveway? Like, what is the freaking point of that? Oh, God. Ugh. Anyway, still work to do, huh? <laughs> I will keep coming. Thanks for letting me.